Hello, everybody. Just a very quick one about Instagram. If you're on it, Meta, the parent company, is reducing the number of political posts visible to users on their feed. This is a real thing, not a hoax. So go to your Instagram profile, tap the three horizontal lines in the top right corner to open the settings tab, scroll down to what you see, click on content preferences, open political content, and turn on don't limit political content. That's an option. Otherwise, you won't see almost anything we post because we are deemed political. Please do that now or you won't even see the posts about our shows, our fun things. So if you want to see Guilty Feminist content and know when we're coming to a place near you, releasing a new podcast, do it now. I'm a feminist, but today, because the podcast is a mashup between The Guilty Feminist and Brown Girls Do It Too, which is all about explicit talk about sex, I've asked my producer to leave (laughs) and promise to not edit it or ever listen to it because he is also my husband. (laughs) I just was like, I don't think I want to... I want to... Look, okay, I've set myself a challenge today, gang. Regular listeners will know that... It depends who I'm talking about. It's not like I can't talk about sex, but... I sometimes can get squeamish, and if I'm talking about kink or something like that, I really struggle sometimes to be honest. And because when I listen to you, Poppy and Rabina, I find you so noble in your ability to just be cool about it and talk about it as if it's a normal human function. So my challenge to myself today is to not flinch, to not look embarrassed, to not feel shame, well, I might feel shame, but not to, not to show that I'm feeling shame <laughs> and just talk about sex. So I've had to banish my husband from the building. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> yeah, we met Tom in the green room and, I, and we said to him, usually we help marriages. So we have so many women sliding into our DM saying, I can now look my husband in the eye, you put the fun back in sex. But Rubina and I might break a marriage tonight. So <laughs> I mean, we're not here for it. We're not here for it. No, we already opened it, as has been discussed on the podcast, the marriage. Um, <laughs> we've opened it. So I have had more sexual adventures, uh, but we have a don't ask, don't tell policy. Oh, okay. no. so, well, yeah. so you can well, ask. That's your dream. That's actually what Poppy's looking May, for. In a I'm just, I literally, all she I want is to be open. Exactly and I just get wifey'd down constantly. It's like insect to honey. I don't know. They're just, they're just, <laughs> wifey'd down. I never heard that expression. They just want to fucking get their claws down and they want to like, you know. I, yeah, pin, I hear pin that. Me down. Pin you down. Yeah. Uh, I'm a feminist, but in every single situation, I will use my looks and my charm to get my way. <laughs> Situation. Does, yes. Even when I look like dog shit. You will, I'm uh, sure you no, never. No, I do. And I will. And I have, and it hasn't worked. So I will try. Rabina? I'm a feminist, but when someone told me the other day that I was just as fit as Pretty Patel... <laughs> I took it as a compliment. Oh! Look... Representation She's is really low at the moments. moment, all right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what we can get. <laughs> I mean, her bone structure is excellent. It's excellent. It's excellent. It's just the sort of 
Cruella de Vil vibes that, you know, and Cruella de Vil was a very attractive woman Cruella in all her, you know. Yeah, she's hot, she's hot, absolutely. And she was kind of putting Asian women on the map in a really terrible way, but also in like a fit way. It, like, it was really complicated. Who was it? Is it Skepta or someone like tweeted and said thick thighs or something? I'm oh. like, they're sweaty for those guys. It's oh, no. <laughs> um, I'm a feminist, but um, I would really prefer it if Grundy Lizimbra, one of our regular sound engineers, was also not here because I've toured with him quite a lot. And if, if anyone else in the audience knows me personally, get out. I don't listen to it. I just don't want anyone here. I'm having to pretend that I don't know Grundy to get through this. Just, I mean, we don't talk that much anyway. It's fine. We'll just, we'll just never talk again. Um, is that okay, Grundy? We'll just never talk again? Great. Tom is genuine. Tom always edits. This will be the first episode that ever goes out where Tom won't have listened at all. He won't know what's going on the feed. He won't know. He'll never know unless one of you tell him, don't tell him. <laughs> Isn't he watching in the green room right now? No, no. He has gone for a drink uh, with Steve, who also doesn't want to know. Uh, some of you may know we live with Steve Alley, who's like my brother, uh, who's from Syria, and not at all interested in what I do for sex. Absolutely. <laughs> Fair fucking enough, in my opinion. Just, we just don't want to think about it. Um, I just said to both of them, go upstairs, have a drink, and think about me not having sex. And they were like, yeah. Will do. Poppy, do you have another one? Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm a feminist, but um, I always feel a little bit uncomfortable when I see female Uber drivers. I'm always like, yay! But I'm all like, cool. <laughs> What's going on there? What's happening at home? <laughs> Why isn't your husband driving for you? <laughs> Sorry. She's a feminist, right? <laughs> I mean... They're terrible ones, they're, but it's true. But then yeah. I'm always like, I always make a no and I always talk to them. But you know Uber has a function now where you, uh, you can say, don't talk to me. Yeah. What? Yes. That's awful. That's awful. That is great. I always pick it, but I always talk to the female drivers. I always make a point but, of it. I was like, when did you start? How do you feel? Do you feel safe? I always yeah, I think them. that's all fine, but not... When you say what's going on at home, why isn't he driving? That is quite a heteronormative I am working assumption. On that. I'm working on that. Because they might be A, single, be one of two breadwinners, and three, the other breadwinner might be female or non binary. You're absolutely right, and I'm, I'm working on that. I always get excited when I have a female pilot on a plane. Oh, yeah, that's, that's sexy. That's very, but that's very rare. You never get yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no, but it, when it happens, I always get very excited, and then there's always jokes. Uh, there's always people going, oh, but she's not on her period, and things like that, you know, yeah. Which she knows, she knows that, and she bosses that plane knowing that, that some people on that plane are going, oh, no, no, no. <laughs> um, And she has, knows, she knows she has to fly twice as well as the male pilots, and if it, with a, we hit turbulence, she'll be blamed, and she doesn't give a fuck, because she's a fucking pilot. <laughs> That's what I imagine. Yeah, I like that. I'm a feminist, but the other day when I was on the bus, and I got that smell of really like stale curry in the air through someone's clothes. I pointed at the nearest Asian guy and was like, it's... <laughs> sorry. It happens, right? Look, I'm sorry, Asian people, sometimes we smell like curry because our family homes, they burn spices in oil and that fragrance embeds yeah. into cotton. That's science, guys. That's what happens. Yeah. And so like when I was a kid, I used to wear my like school blazer to school and I remember someone would be like... Is that, is that you? And I'd be like, it's me. Yeah, it's always, it was always you. It was always you. So, hung up about so when you go anywhere and you smell it, you're like, yeah. must be an Indian restaurant nearby, yeah. or, or is it that guy? Yeah, which is why you always defer to the next Asian person, because it's you. 
But you, you play, what, why? That's what we're here for. Yeah, there's a really good, um, there's a really good meal in Bengali in like, tell them, tell them about the meal. Okay, so there's a, there's an Indian, sorry, there's an Indian, there's a Bengali Bangladeshi cuisine called Shutki. Anyone know what Shutki is? Any Shutki fans in the audience? Yes, you're Bengali, Oh yes, it is a stinky as, can I swear? I already swore. Yeah, yeah. we are broadcasting on His Majesty's internet. <laughs> Okay, it's a stinky as hell uh, fish curry and my mum has to scoop up all... And obviously, Bengalis, Indians, Asians, we eat with our hands. And so my mum has to scoop all the coats in the hallway, put it, lock it in the room. And the way you eat it, it's like a delicacy. You're like... You don't spit the fish bones on the floor, but you, you may as well do. It, it is absolutely vile. And women love it, but men don't tend to eat it. But then I got into it in my teens, but I hated it. It is absolutely disgusting. And then once Poppy and I had a conversation about like being fetishized by being Asian, right? Some guy's like shagging you and he's like, oh yeah, I want to be with like an Indian girl. And I don't like that. I think it's really like awful. I'm like, you know, I don't be like, you know, it's, it's not my identity. And Poppy's like, I love it. So I was like, well, what if one day a guy was shagging you and he was like, oh yeah, I love Bangladesh. And she was like, yeah, I'd be fine with it. And I was like, what if he said, oh, your pussy smells like sugar tea? Fucking leave right now. Get out. That's how bad it smells. That was. <laughs> I draw the line. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's a real. It's a, it's a. It's a. Like my ex partner who was white. He was like, I could eat anything. I could eat anything. I was like, all right, shutki then. Got some shutki curry. It's all like sloppy and stewy. Couldn't do it. Wow. It, it's the kind of shit that you see in the market, and flies are around it. <laughs> I'm not joking. Right. I'm serious. I'm, I'm. I am. I've got to admit, I'm intrigued. Um, Live from King's Place in London, the Spontaneity Shop presents Proud Guilty Feminists to It Too with me, Deborah Francis White, Rabina Pavani, and Poppy J. Um, if you don't know this show, The Guilty Feminist is a podcast about our noble goals as 21st century feminists and our hypocrisies and insecurities, which. I've never felt more like Paul McCartney. <laughs> uh, and Brown Girls Do It Too is an extraordinary podcast and I will uh, let Poppy and Rabina explain it themselves because I don't want to be given their, their, their log lines away. Um, but it's today, it's a combination of the two. It's a classic mashup where we're going to come together and we're going to do the best of The Guilty Feminist and the best of Brown Girls Do It Too and we're going to see what happens in between. Are you ready for the podcast proper to start? <laughs> Then please welcome to the stage. It's Brown Girls Do It To Themselves. It's Poppy and Rabina. Oh, come take a seat. Now, is it true, Poppy and Rabina, that you have never done a live episode of Brown Girls Do It Too? No, well, no, they don't wait. really ask me this. This is really exciting. Well, hang on. <laughs> hang on a sec. Well, we, d- we did that thing for um, YouTube where two people watched, right? Oh, yeah, we did a thing for YouTube. Where two that people was... watched? That doesn't... <laughs> so, Given no, it's a sort of quite sexy well, we, podcast, we, I don't think you should put it like that. No, well, actually, I think actually 37 people watched. But um, we, did, <laughs> we did Edinburgh Fringe, and that was yeah, a lot of that, um, white people in North Face, and six people out of 200 listened to the podcast. So, so we popped our cherry. Okay, you did this Edinburgh Fringe? Yeah, the one just gone. Yeah, yeah. How many shows did you do? 
that was your, one, your, one you're our second. You're yeah. second. Okay, so this is you're the, the second, date we come back to. You're so the, this is the second time you've sat on an audience and done second, this. Second yes. time, yeah. In front of like people, because if you listen to our podcast, it's very naughty. That's because we just think we're talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. now you're here, we're like, oh shit, yeah, yeah, yeah. listening. Yeah. This, is a, this is a great crowd. I love this demographic. Yeah, you I'm telling you, beautiful, Edinburgh Fringe. By the way, really. Yes. Well, Edinburgh Fringe was described as fairly white bread, but this year even more so because the trains were all on strike. Yes. And so it was really difficult for people to get there and there was issues with planes and trains and automobiles and it was, you know, a shit show. The, the bin... You can't say bin men because we're feminists, but the bin... To be honest, they're mostly men, aren't they? Let's be honest. Uh, <laughs> um, the, the bin staff... What do you call it? Service? The refuse collectors, thank you. This is what I'm looking for from my audience. People who know the proper terms for things which are gender neutral and appropriate. They're not bin men, they're refuse collectors. Come on, people. Come on, feminism. The refuse collectors were on strike, so Edinburgh was just like, there was just piles of rubbish on the street. Just like piles of rubbish, like it was Elizabethan times. It stank. Um, so, did you, but you had a good time up there. Well, it was really a tough crowd, I have to say, because everyone's, the median age was like 65. Um, And it was, I know your podcast well. So did you do what you normally do? Oh, God, yeah. Which is talk about rimming and stuff, yeah. 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 And it was just like, the the, the woman, I kept making eye contact with this woman on the third row. She was my friend, she was my go-to. We had two comedians on stage. And uh, it, it was just like my ex-partner's mother, like 200 of her. Oh. <laughs> She's just missing the hiking boots and, you know, the sticks. Oh, wow. And, and six people, had, we, said, we did a quick survey and six people had listened to the podcast. And, we being and there was like two Asians there. It's going to be one of those, isn't it? Yeah. What did those people think they'd come to? When, did, well, what did they think? So it was the BBC, like, the BBC had a stage at Edinburgh, right? Oh, uh, it was a BBC yeah, stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they were there to see what was on the BBC. What, where is my licence pair fee going? Where, where, to, what, to what end am I paying a licence fee? Because I sit around my Arga and I really enjoy... Do you know, I really enjoy loose ends and I love that one. Um, I'm sorry I haven't a clue. Now, there are some very racy jokes in that. Um, Gardner's question time was, uh, you know... Yes, I love... Do you know, I love a cheeky innuendo on Bake Off. So if these girls are talking about sex, I think I'll really enjoy it. I love it when they talk about a soggy bottom on Bake Off. So it'll be like that, I'm sure. And then you just come in and go, how many times a week do you do anal? And they're like, oh, well, that's not an innuendo. There's no double entendre here. It's just single entendre, left, right, and centre. We need to tone it down, because she pitched anal. And I then, did, yeah. I was I like, can we, can we just do a whole episode about bum stuff? I'm really, really interested in bum stuff, about how we talk about it, like our relationship with our bum. It's a bum version. I'm a bum version, but I'm, I'm curious. I'm anally curious. Yes. <laughs> but, but the BBC or, or our team said, no, we've got to keep it broad. We've got to keep it broad. No one knows who you are. You can't just jump on stage and talk about bum stuff. Yeah, so, I, I think I'd have made that recommendation. <laughs> too. I'd be like, no, keep it just sort of, you know, maybe a little... Peace. You're, you're talking about Morningside ladies. Just a, yeah. a, a little light fingering at most. Yeah. yeah I, think, I think we asked the audience how many people have done anal. I think oh, my like God. Two, yes. I think that woman I was friends with in the third row put her hands up. I was like, I love you. I am 
dying. Yeah, well, the we, idea we of dying you too on stage. We obviously hadn't read the room. Oh, no, but no, it was no. a free gig, so they, they, they came. They got free. what they paid for. Uh, I, I, listen, they could ask for their money back. Uh, yeah. uh, I Listen, I, I'm glad that you shook Edinburgh awake and rocked them. Uh, listen, they'll go away talking about you and they won't forget you. There's a lot of stuff you see at the Fringe that's really forgettable. And yeah. I think... But the thing is, I think we do need to talk more as if this is a human function. You know, we talk about eating, and if somebody says, you know, oh, I really, that makes me gag, or, um, oh, I love that, and I just sit there on my own, you know, <laughs> just, in, you know, eating the tiramisu out of the fridge like Nigella Lawson, nobody's going to go, oh, this is, this is awkward to talk about at four o'clock in the afternoon on the mound in Edinburgh. No one's going to say that because we are comfortable with food in a way that we're not comfortable with sex. And by we, I do, of course, mean me. (laughs) So I've set myself this goal that I am going to just be really like you, just be really like, just saying things like pussy. Normal things to say. I don't usually use that word, but there I've used it. And did you see me flinch? No, you didn't. <laughs> this is my challenge. Like in the old days of the Guilty Feminist, I used to do a challenge for every episode. And so this is my challenge, is to just sit here and talk openly. Now, I've opened my marriage, uh, partly to explore my bisexuality, partly to explore kink. So you can ask me anything within reason. And... <laughs> I will just talk about it really coolly. If there's something I really don't want to answer, I will very, in a very sophisticated, nonchalant fashion, say pass. <laughs> but I won't be like, oh, no. Because, you know, one sometimes wants to keep something for oneself when one's a podcaster because you end up, you know, I do 52 episodes a year. You reveal so, so much. much. Yeah. But sometimes you do want to keep a little back for yourself. But I'm not going to be weird about it. Great. Go on. Brown girls, do me too. <laughs> do me. Do me. Deborah, do me. Yeah. Have you had sex with an Asian man or woman yet? Ooh. Uh, South Asian. Or mm, East Asian, actually. Just Asian. No, Just I have Asian. had sex with uh, somebody... Uh, In the crowd? Middle... <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would say Middle Eastern. Middle Eastern? Mm. When are you going to go brown? We're pretty Pass, good. I think. <laughs> I don't think... I, I would not think of it like that. I would think of each individual connection. So if I met somebody or I was connecting with someone on an app who liked the same kind of things as me, there was nearly a situation... I can't believe I'm talking openly about this oh because God, so Tom excited. and I have... Done, 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 <laughs> because we, I've never been able to and Tom's not going to edit it, so it's fine, I can. There was nearly... I was so close in New York and then he said... Actually, I think we were talking in a quite complicated way about what, what we could, couldn't, what could, we did and didn't want to do. And he went, I think we should get to know each other better first and we should meet up. And I was leaving New York and he said, next time we come back to New York, like, let's go out properly and let's have a proper conversation. But then when I left, he messaged me and said, I really regret it. And uh, Regre- so, Regret not doing anything. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. he was being uh, very, I think... Uh, wise and compassionate and, and caring. He was being the good guy we want the guys to be yeah. and uh, slightly resent them for when we're on the plane. Uh, <laughs> like, Dude, it's only sex. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. but I think what he was doing was really, was, was really right. But then he was like, when are you coming back? When are you coming back? And actually I did go back and I didn't get in touch so I didn't have time. And also I think, you know, sometimes the air's slightly gone out of it yeah but actually yeah. I actually I probably should I probably should he yeah. was really nice he was very handsome um in terms of your 
kinks? Like, are you like where are your lines and your boundaries, or are you are What's you sort your of on safe there? word? Um, well, most common in the kink community is the traffic light. So you say green for go further, um, orange for slow down or pull back, and red for stop. But I find those quite difficult to use because if you're in a submissive situation, it feels like you're topping from the bottom, yeah. is what they call it. Yeah. And so it feels like you're, you're in charge. And the thing is, I'm in charge of every room I'm in usually. So I come in here today and I go, hello, the tech's not working, but don't worry, I'm fab, it's going to be fine. And if the tech didn't work for the whole hour, we would, I would make something work. And if someone in the audience suddenly passed out, I would be in charge of that. And then I'll go out into the foyer and people might come up and go, I just want to tell you this episode of the podcast really, really affected me. And I'll you know, want to be in the, the reassuring position in that conversation. No, it's no good. I just can't be a sack of potatoes. I can't just be like, oh, So you're yeah. always a dom then? You're dom in real life, but, but in the bedroom, you're a sack. Oh, my God, yeah. same. We're the yeah. same. It, same. It, 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 because, do anything. It, it's because you... It's, it's, and don't do anything. Uh, within, <laughs> with, do well, anything. Say, say what it's Pecora, so if I say Pecora, stop. Yeah, but if... if, if, if <laughs> when people say... And what I really don't like is when people... If I am talking about something kinky... There are some men, I can't believe I'm talking about this freely, it feels so liberating. We're so excited. <laughs> oh my We're God. Dying. It's so liberating. There are some, and I, listen, I don't do this a lot, to be honest with you. I'm making it out now like I'm just morning, noon and night. I'm gonna, but I'm a very busy person. I don't have that much time for this. So it's, it's, it's here and there. It's what goes on tour, stays on tour. You know, but, you know, there are times. I don't know about you, but there are times when I'm like can't think about anything else and there's times that I couldn't be less interested oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. that's like your sex drive isn't it it's always really interesting to know like what drives you and what turns you on and exactly that you're like really hot at points and you're like god I just want to fuck anything that moves and then sometimes you're like oh everything's disgusting don't touch me yeah and, and I, I think just... that goes always like, I've been starting to think this I've got this new theory about this right I think it's genetic <laughs> I think that your sex drive is based on how much your parents fucked <laughs> Your parents fuck a lot. An unpopular opinion with the crowd. <laughs> we do not want to think about their parents. There's some people in the audience go, but I think about it all the time. <laughs> Does that mean my parents weren't like rabbits or can't bear it? Yeah, but that's exactly it. Like every psychologist comes and talks to you about your sex life and tells you you've got daddy issues, you've got mummy issues. All of that stuff whittles down to your parents' relationship. The first time you probably heard about sex, the first time you ever heard anyone have sex was probably your parents. And I've started to really I've think, never like, heard my parents have sex. You never heard your parents no. have sex? Wow. No. Saturday night in the Pavani household was... Uh, <laughs> wow. Night night. <laughs> wow. Well... <laughs> this has taken an early turn, hasn't it? <laughs> There's a man there in the third row who's really in, either enjoying this or really not enjoying it. I don't know. Which is, I don't mean to gender you, sir, but it, I don't mean to, oh, don't mean to gender you, sir. I mean, that's terrible. I don't mean to, I don't mean to gender you, uh, but can I ask, are you enjoying it or not enjoying it, or both in equal measure? I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Okay, thank But he's a very timid, I'm enjoying it. He's like, don't talk to me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, what I notice is sometimes you talk to kinky men and they just go, yeah, yeah, I've got it, I've got it. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have it. Yeah. Every individual is so specific in their kink and I am only interested in curious doms. Mm. Like, if you are dominant, you better be curious as to what exactly yeah. that person, what turns that person on, 
what that builds, what fantasies they've got, what they've done before, what lines that they, would, mm. they think they never want to cross, what mm. doors might they be interested in going in, and especially the first time. I think I have written... This is so liberating. I've written scripts for people, basically. I've written, oh, like, a, like, like, because I'm a writer. Yeah. yeah, I've written, written scenarios out. Like, oh, role play. Role yeah, play. Yeah, yeah, I've written, like, fan fiction, you know, yeah. almost, that feel to it. And sent it to them. Not that they have to stick to that script, although it would be good if they did. <laughs> but just it gives them the flavour, the tone. It's the bit like when I'm script writing, sometimes they say, just write a pitch, like a, yeah. a one page of what this show would be. And I think, how would you know the tone? So I always write like a sample scene or two as well. So they get the idea. This is a genius idea. Yeah. Yeah. So before you meet them, you send them two scenes of your role play. And you're yes. Like, this is how- yes. Why are we because all doing I think someone could have a great business because not everyone is a writer. Not everyone feels confident with that. And not everyone has the time. So what I think, this if anyone out there is a scriptwriter and wants to earn extra cash, which is every scriptwriter ever, apart from from Peter Morgan and Sally Wainwright, you set up a special number for this. People send you a voice note going, this is my fantasy, and they explain it, and then you write it up. I love it. As either a lovely piece of prose, like a sort of story, a short story, or, you know, interior, night. (laughs) Uh, A hotel room, chic. I love it. They're like, what's my line? What's my line? Yeah, exactly. And it would just give them the sense and the mood of it. So I have occasionally done that, and my best gay friend in New York... He also, we found out, because we, we bonded because we met on Fire Island and we discovered we were both really kinky. Fire Island, if you don't know, it's not like Fire Festival, which was <laughs> the disappointing event for straight people. It's the extremely undisappointing event every year on the island of fire off the coast of Manhattan, the very undisappointing event for gay men. And it's, it's a really kind of sexy place and we ended up, you know, talking about kink quite early on in our friendship. We just had a, like, chemical romance, you know, but it, it, he's gay and it's not, we don't fancy each other, but uh, we, we have that kind of really... It's just Shared, a zippy connection, yeah, yeah. creatively, conversationally, kinkily, all sorts of different ways, and we love each other. And he said to me that he also has sent... We, comparing notes, he's like, oh, I've done that. I've sent people, like... A short story. Wow. How do people and receive it? What are they? Because what, what, it's very telling about you as a as a as a person. What you're into. Do, do people respond to it positively, or are they like? They I, love I it. Only. They love it. Now, but here's the interesting thing. Both he and I have had the same thing. This is so hot. Oh my god, no one's ever sent me anything like this before. This is so sexy. Send me more. And then they don't often want to meet you. They ah. fight. It's because they think they can't live up to it. They can't, because oh. they think, oh, God, I'm going to have to act out this role play now and I'm not good enough. Well, I'm not a good enough actor. I mean, I've got a stuff to memorise. Fuck it. I'll just, <laughs> go on, I'll just go on the Hindi day. It'll be easy. I'm always clear on, I'm always clear on, like, you absolutely don't have to do any of this, say any of this, stick to any of this, but this is the flavour and the sense. Right, so it's like lines for improv rather than, like, actual script. No, I think it's actual script. What are you saying? Like, you're, the, you're the postman and I'm waiting at home for post. What is it? Like, what is it? What, is it? You what year do you think my fantasy <laughs> Do you think I'm like a Betty Draper housewife in Madden? So it's like, oh, I'm just sitting at home waiting for the post. Oh, is that the post run? Oh, yes, he's in a uniform. That's like the thing that's like most unfeminist about my fantasies is like they're all based on like Bollywood Bollywood films from the 90s, right? So So ours is actually the post run. (laughs) So we want to project to you, but ours is. Yeah, it's like I really just want to be like in a sari... 
the clouds have just come over me. <laughs> on, on a mountain, on a mountain. It's the guy is like running over to me, being like, you want this? And I'm like, no. No. He's like, you want this? And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> and then he's like, let me just take some of your sorry. And I'm like, no, no, I said no. I said no. <laughs> and that's like it. It's just right, like right. that, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. That's it. But that's why we need to communicate because no means no unless you've agreed it doesn't. Exactly. Unless exactly. you've agreed. Now, I think, honestly, for me in a role play, and most people don't like any word that they could accidentally say in a role play, but for me, I'd rather have a line of something that I would say in that scenario that tells them, like an improv scene. In an improv scene, because I used to do a lot of improv before I did stand-up comedy, you've, it's a way of telling your partner this is the last line of the scene. Mm-hmm. But you don't there go. There is a lot of thought that now. goes on to this. I have to say. <laughs> yeah. There's okay. a, yeah. It's very. It's very. But so for me, I, you would absolutely need to tell that person. You know, if you, especially if you're with men. Yeah. It's really difficult for men who are in a post Me Too era to hear the word no. In fact, I've got a script. In which it's a real script, it's a TV script, and it it starts with she's getting one of those you know those three hundred and sixty feedback sessions with her boss. Yeah, people are really loving those. Clearly. Oh, I've, in case you were getting too hot and heavy, three hundred and sixty feedbacks. That's the cold shower we all needed, wasn't it? Um, uh, so it starts and, and the, he's being really um, patronising to her and telling her what she needs to change, and she's being quite, like, timid. And then he comes up behind her and tells her to stand up and tells her to bend over the table, and she starts going, no, 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 and then he stops, and she goes, no, keep going. And he says... <laughs> and then she starts going, no, and she's like... And he's kind of... Hot, she's like, hold on, my hands. And he's holding her down, and he's going, no, no, and then he's got, he says, no, no, I can't... And he goes, I can't do it, I can't do it! Yeah. And he's like, my mother brought me up, no means no. And yeah. she's like, it does mean no unless we have specifically said it means yes, yeah. go on. What is the safe word? The safe word means no. What is the safe word? And he goes, Cosby. And she says, yes, Cosby, because oh, from that yeah. point on, no further passion can ensue. Yeah. And I think that's... Like, we aren't... We're, we're a generation, I have that issue. I have... really like rough sex and choking and all that shit. And I'm like, no, no, exactly like she did. No. And then this particular guy is saying, stops, and I'm like, oh, God. Yeah, because I didn't we're... say Pecora, did I? Because, exactly. Because so we are having sex with a generation of men who were raised by feminists. Yes. Yeah. And that is a wonderful, wonderful thing, and it cannot be taken lightly. Mm-hmm. And by we, I mean, you know, we're talking about metropolitan pockets and we're careful about who we speak... You know, I know from speaking to a man before, I've had men who... I mean, again, this is a very liberated thing for me to tell you. Shall I tell you? Yes. Tell, uh, yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Oh, God, this is a story. Do it. Okay, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, fuck. (laughs) No, I said I... No, I said I was going to have that. I was talking to this man, and my fantasies are kind of about discipline and things like that, but his fantasy was having sex in a public loo. And... He was Italian, he was very hot, and there was, like, hot and heavy discussion. But sometimes you want to yes and the other person. Do you know what I mean? I can be too rigid. I can be like, no, these are the things I like, and, you know, these are the four things I want you to say. And, uh, and so I want to explore, and I want to go through other people's doors and see what's there, and, you know, little by little, you know, only if, if you think, oh, that could be quite interesting, you know. And so and he told me the bar he wanted to do it in, in Soho, and I was like, oh, well, you know, and, and the loo he wanted to do it in and what that fantasy would wow. be and da 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 
But it was so hot, this conversation, I thought, what if I just did? What if I just went into Soho? And so I was sort of trying to say, like, next week, and, you know, um, partly I was busy and partly I needed to have my hair cut and coloured. And <laughs> he was like, no, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. I want to do it tomorrow. And it was, this was really late one night. And he said, tomorrow night, tomorrow night. And I was like, oh. And I was, suddenly thought, what if I just said yes? And so I was talking to him. And then I was sort of doing this kind of, it was like a live improv. So I wasn't, I was writing the script with him rather than for him, which I think is healthy. <laughs> and I was saying, I'm imagining sitting in the bar and imagining having a drink with you and you're putting your hand up my skirt in the bar under the table so no one can see. And then he said, this might be too graphic, um, he then said that he wanted to digitally enter me. He didn't use those words. Um, <laughs> it wasn't in the script. He wanted to finger her. Yeah, but, but the way he put it was really graphic. And, but what he was talking about was digitally entering me. Sorry, digitally as in, like, I'm texting you or digits? <laughs> D- no, no, fingers, digits. fingers, yeah. I've never heard that one before. <laughs> <laughs> Just entering you. No, we were texting. He was already digitally entering me in that one. No, with his... Um, and... Uh, You've got to be specific about that, you know. Yeah. Was it one? Is it two? Sometimes people like a threesies with no, like I think, one finger. No, I, I believe it was a, it was a double-digit enter. Double-digit. Double-digit, yeah. Yeah. Um, it was some double-entry bookkeeping. And... <laughs> Grunty, I'm going to need you to leave. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> Just set it rolling. Just have it rolling. Whatever we get, we get. If we don't get it, I don't give a fuck. Like, it's fine. We can't put this out anyway. Uh, so, um, uh, so he said, I want to double-digit enter you in the... In the but, but it was, like, really graphic and really kind of... It had a, not a nice feel to the way he said it. And I said... Um, I, I, so I just sort of said, ooh, um, uh, because... This is a verbal improv with a view to meeting tomorrow. This is not just some... Like, even actually, if I was not planning on doing anything, I would still... I still can't enjoy... And I don't want to teach men yes and to everything. So I would have said anyway, I think. But especially since we're talking about this is tomorrow night. So I said something like, um, oh, no, I, I, I wouldn't like that. But I would like something else. And he said, it's better if you don't try and control every little thing. And I said, well, um, I'm into this. You're into public lose. Um, uh, If it were down to me, we'd be meeting in one or two weeks' time in a hotel room and doing something very different. So I've said yes to a bar in Soho, a loo in that bar, and tomorrow night, yeah. and every other thing you want. Yeah. So in what way am I controlling every little thing? And he got angry and started to kind of escalate this and said, like, he said, it's better if you just go with the flow. And I said, well, I need to tell you what I will and won't do, and it's absolutely acceptable for a woman to tell you yeah. she doesn't want to be penetrated in a public place. Mm-hmm. And... I said, even if I got into the loo and decided I didn't want to do it, and I said no to you, you would need to accept that. Mm. And he said, I don't want to be lectured by you about consent. And um, he actually started turning phrases back around. Um, I can't remember exactly what the phrase was, but it was something like, 
don't mansplain and things yeah. like that. He was using some of those expressions back to me. And I just said, look, and I could have just finished the conversation, um, but I've had this a couple of times with men where I've stayed on for the next woman because the next woman might be younger than me, yes, more vulnerable than me. Absolutely. And so I want to kindly and calmly as possible yes. say, please don't. And I said to him, please never tell a woman. Another man said to me, that's tedious, something that I'd said. He said, he said, it's tedious. He said, like, come over to my place right now. And I said, oh, no, I would never do that. Like, I would always meet first in a public place and have a drink and see how it was. And, you know, and he said, that's tedious. And I said, please don't tell women they're tedious because somebody might end up doing something they don't want to do. He said, oh, not with me. I said, it doesn't matter if it's with you or not. If they put a boundary out and they're told it's tedious, they're less likely to tell the next man what their boundaries are. Yeah. Yeah. And so you are in a part of a community and you need to be putting good things into that community. You need to be telling women, tell me more about what you want. Mm. And if they say, no, I'd always meet first, you are very free to say, actually, it doesn't work for me. I really love spontaneity. So um, I'm going to wish you a really good night. That is absolutely fine. But you don't pass judgments on women and tell them that they are not being spontaneous enough because you are operating in a community and you need to be encouraging women to tell you what and other men and other people what they want and what they don't want. And every time I've said that to a man, which has been a number of times, they've got very angry and ended up, like, blocking me. And I don't care because do you know what I think about those men? I think they've got big egos and they don't want to be told by a woman and so they are less likely to do it again. And I think, tell look, just absolutely saying... You must not do this again means they don't want to be told off again. So they're more likely to do it. I don't care. I'll be the one that gets blocked. I'm fine. But that's why it's so important to, like, talk about sex. I mean, like, when we started doing the podcast, we definitely did it as a bit of a, like, this is lol. Like, let's talk about our sex lives. And then suddenly we were, like, had this influx of messages from people being like, I didn't know this. I didn't know people talking like this. I didn't know this is... Like, exactly what you said. It's that dialogue. It's, like, us sharing sex stories so we can all look at each other's bodies and our sex lives and be like, oh, that's normal. Instead of doing the thing that we all do, which is, like, going to porn or Hollywood sex scenes and being like, that's what it's really like. Like, what it's really like is the sex that we're all having with each other. And if we're having that dialogue and telling each other, look, I like to be submissive in the bedroom and I have boundaries and I talk about what those are with my partner and, like... It's really important, like, even with Poppy and I exchanging our own sex lives in the podcast, it's, like, suddenly become this thing where it's, like, it tells me so much about myself, like, the, the way I like sex, the way I like my partner, the way I speak about it. And kind of what you were saying earlier, like, if you're, if you're an alpha female in your, like, work life and you're, like, bossing it and in the bedroom, you kind of want someone to tell you what to do. That's fine. That's, yeah. like, amazing. But you then need to really draw the lines exactly when no suddenly turns into no, no. In fact, it's really weird. I have a baby. I had a baby in January. And I was reading this book about, like, you know, because babies do, like, mad shit all the time. And they're supposed to do, like, eat wires and, like, climb shit. And instead of saying, like, no, 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 all the time, you've got to go be, like, uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. It's, like, a new way so that no, when no comes, it's, like, the big word. It's, like, the safe word. It's when he goes for the freaking... It's, it's when he puts his finger in the socket. And I'm, like, no! <laughs> but how will he know that word if he never hears it? True, exactly. He's got. He hasn't, he hasn't put his finger in the socket yet. He hasn't done that yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so doing the uh, 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 uh thing all the time. Is it working? I don't know. He's only eight months. He doesn't even doesn't even really know who I am. I don't think. <laughs> He's talking to the other babies, going, "I've got a ram ram." <laughs> this bitch is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, who's that? It's ah. Uh. <laughs> One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello, Guilty Feminists. This is Deborah. We are coming to Belfast on the 14th of October. Book tickets now. We have three recordings live coming up at King's Place in London, the 24th of October, the 21st of November, and the 14th of December. And tickets will be on sale soon for the Guilty Feminist Presents Campus Christmas on Saturday, the 3rd of December. It'll be an incredible lineup featuring me and Tom Allen hosting Rosie Jones, Larry Dean, Kima, Bob, Susie Ruffle, Sophie Duca, and Rob Diamond and Russell Tovey from Talk Art, plus some incredible music and other acts. It will be camp, it will be fabulous, and all proceeds will go to the Say It Loud Club, run for and by LGBTQ plus refugees fleeing homophobic oppression. For more information about all these shows and to book tickets, which you want to do right now, go to guiltyfeminist.com. And why not support the show and get ad-free episodes by going to patreon.com forward slash guiltyfeminist. If you would like to support the show in another way, go and rate, review and subscribe or follow friend, whatever the podcast, it helps other people find it. And now back to the podcast. Please feel free to lead this conversation about sex because when I listen to you do it on your podcast, I'm always just so amazed about how you can kind of, you know, you you bring another subject to the table. So please feel free to ask me anything and or, you know, talk yourselves you know, about do anything. You know, I, I, I'm really... So we did series one. It was three brown women. We were all straight. We are straight. I'm bi-curious, but whatever. You're bi-curious too, aren't you? Queer. I like the word queer. Point is, we were sort of talking about our sexual experiences from... the. The, the point of view of, of straight three straight women, and then series two, we were like, let's open it out, let's get guests, um, and we found it quite difficult to get guests on to come on the podcast to talk about sex in that sort of candid, crass, crude way we do. And it's only by the second series I realised that actually, loads of people were still not comfortable talking about sex. And actually, being here with you and, and, and speaking to a few women as well, because I'm in my head, I'm sort of a litmus test for 
the public. If I'm saying it and you're saying it, everyone else is saying mm. it. So I found that quite surprising. It was particularly difficult in like Asian communities. And I'd be interested to know like if you, because you grew up religious, didn't you as mm. well? So like, so, so did we. And I think something about like growing up in a system where like I went to mosque every Friday, I went to Quran class on Saturdays. Like I grew up quite religious yeah. and I had this kind of structure about what it meant to be a woman and therefore what sex meant and all of this other things were like, you know, it was invisible. It was shh, don't talk about it. Um, and I like think that breaking away from that, we've, we kind of have become quite rebellious. Yeah. So I always say this thing, it's like, our podcast is quite out there. If you listen to it, there's probably moments where you're like, oh, you're that's, cringing all that's the time. like a little bit too much. Yeah. And the reason we take it that far, the reason we push the envelope as far as we, we feel comfortable taking it is because our mothers never, ever, ever, ever would have been invited on stage at King's Place and King's Cross to talk about their sex lives. They didn't have anyone who ever had their voice or ever got to speak to them about it. My mum was a refugee. She married somebody who she didn't really want to marry and she got stuck in a relationship and then she's never going to get divorced because she's stuck. And how many other women are out there like that? Like, I'm doing this for her and all, like, the generation of women above us. And so it almost feels like we had to do it, like, so... I always say this thing, like, we're the weirdest fucking person at a party so that everyone else can feel, like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. And in terms of, like, feminism, do you feel like what you're doing... Because I feel it's, like, it's extremely feminist. Like, even the title of the show, it's like, yeah, we do it. We are human beings... We have these urges and then we sate these urges and we're trying to figure it out because it is, also sex is clumsy. You know, it's, it can be, it's not like it is in the movies. Well, maybe it is the way you do it, but I... <laughs> yeah, but we talk about that. We talk about the smells and the queefing and it's ridiculous and it's like playing Twister and Connect Four and it's like, well, you can do this, you can do that, I'm going to do this, da, da, da. And we talk about And the constant, it. like, contracts, the constant agreements you're coming yeah. through, but also the performance. Because, yeah. yeah, look, it's not like the movies, but in your head, you think you're the protagonist of your movie. Let's not lie, right? Every day you're walking down the street with your headphones and you're like, yeah, I'm a star. Right. It's like that in bed, right? You're like, oh, my God, I'm going to do the thing where I, like, lie back and do, like, the, like, Kate Winslet Titanic thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, side boob is really, like, you know, up <laughs> on the moment. And, you know, you're, like, making those noises that you hear in porn or you've seen in the TV to be like, ah, oh, yeah, ah. Oh, Mm. You're doing this performance of it and, like, what does that say about who you are and the culture that you've consumed? But yeah. also what you're projecting onto the other person having sex with. Like, that's okay. Like, that's not real. Yeah. Real sex is much more, like, guttural. Like, the, uh, we, got, we got invited once to um, record the sounds of our own orgasms for, like a, like, a Spotify playlist. We didn't do it in the end. But we were like, that's really interesting. Like, maybe we would do that for, like, a lot Who of money. Who said that was for Spotify? <laughs> Puppy and Rabina. <laughs> My name's Bob Spotify. <laughs> I really love you to record the sounds of yourself so orgasming, and I promise to put them on a playlist. <laughs> love Bob Spotify. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, we we didn't do it in the end, but like, no. It, but I did kind of like, I did like listen to the sounds that I made afterwards. I mean, when you do a podcast, you become way more interested in like everything soundy when you're having sex because actually, sex has really amazing sounds. It has like fanny fart sounds and like slappy kind of sounds and like you know like dick slapping pussy yeah. makes a really nice sound <laughs> do you know what I mean like it's, it's <laughs> I'm cool I am cool I'm not flinching you haven't heard her do the fanny fart this yet. face brilliant. <laughs> this face might get a little Louis through at times <laughs> This is the problem with me. I went to a spanking retreat once. And it was... The whole time I was there, I looked like Louis Theroux. I was like, oh, this is interesting. And I don't know what to do with my face. Like, I'm like, oh, what's did the appropriate you join in with face? A spa- like, how did you find it? 
Well, like it, it was up a mountain, and uh, oh. no, I um, I found it. <sighs> there were parts of it that were fun, but are you, I are did. You a spanker or, or a spanky? spanky? Yeah. Uh, I tend to be a receiver. Receiver, yeah. yeah. I would like to just explore my dom side a little bit more, though. Mm. Um, I do feel I've got a great dom inside of me. And it's what everyone wants from me, let's be honest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> at a spanking retreat, the number of men who were, it was a straight one, who were like, oh, my God. And I was like, yeah, no. They, um, they're, they're, they've written scripts for you, ready to go. I am yeah. sure they have. <laughs> I they know the improv line, they knew that they're ready to go. <laughs> because I'm tall and I'm, you know, I can be imposing and, you know, it's what they want. But, of course, I want to be the other thing. But I do think there's a great dom inside of me. And I do think when I explore her, the world, I mean, the world's not ready but <laughs> the pink world's not ready. Because I know what I like, but also um, already in just, you know, I haven't quite gone there yet, but in conversations that I've had, because you have loads of conversations on field and things like that but don't come to anything. I am, I am the curious dom. I'm the person saying what exactly. And, and I've been taught by that friend as well that all the questions that he asks if he's dominant... Um, and if you're curious, you could give someone the best time of their life because everything they've ever imagined. I would love it if someone would write an essay. And then if there were things in that that didn't turn me on or I, but I, did, I felt neutral about, I would do them. If there were things that made me go, oh, no, thank you. I do have a game that I can play with you. I've just remembered it. It's a game for the car, uh, but you don't have to be in one. Um, <laughs> it's like, you know, those long car trips that I invented years ago. I don't know how feminist it is looking back, but let's try it. Um, this is the guilty feminist, and we call it that for a reason. Um, so, Poppy, let's play it with you. Um, who's your absolute pin-up? Like, the person, the film star... Keanu Reeves. Poster. I knew you were going to say Keanu that. Keanu Reeves. Okay, that was fast. There was no contemplation. When Matrix came out, she went nuts. Okay, so... This is the scenario. And the scenario, it's a slow build. Okay, so... Um, I'm not really good with those, but okay. Uh, all right. So it's, this is how the game goes. Um, and you, again, you've got to be a bit of a scriptwriter to play this game. You are already so on board with this. You, you already know what the game is, I feel like. Um, but it's true. I just invented it, and I've really enjoyed playing it over the years. So you are invited to Los Angeles with Brown Girls Do It Too... Um, there's a huge podcast festival there and they want you and you're going to be on one of the main stages. There's, you know, it's got such a big following over there now. This is, you know, it's like there's 5,000, 10,000 people waiting to see you everywhere you go. You get to the event and they're giving you, you know... Jimmy, Jimmy, Yeah, but, like, there's a goodie bags with Jimmy Choo shoes. Oh, God, and, yeah, we've made it, we've made it. Yeah. Where um, is she in this? She's on the, oh, yeah, you're, 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 yes, yeah, she's with us, yeah. Yeah, no, no, oh, she's with you, you she's with you. She's with you. We can um, do it. Right. Yeah, um, and, uh, well, actually, I can sort of do a double, actually. Let's yeah, do a, do we, a double. We're not really, I can sleep with her, but she's not ready to sleep with me, so if it's going to go over the two, yeah. Okay, hold on, hold on. Who is your pin-up, your ultimate pin-up? Oh my god! Uh, this is going to sound so bad, but like, because I still live in the '90s, Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> so, of the, all the people in the world that you you could sleep with, '1990s Nick Carter, like back then or now? Like now, today? No, 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 back then. I felt like he was the person I had the poster in my room. I would kiss his poster every night, okay, like wear right. away the mouth. If you, if you. If you had an opportunity, and I don't know if your relationship is open or closed or what the story is, but let's say for this scenario it's open, the person you would most 
most like to sleep with in the world is Nick, Nick Carter, Carter from the Backstreet Boys. Is right that now. If, listen, there's no just judgment. I'm just checking. Just if I can tell checking. my childhood self, you did it, girl. Okay, all right, fine. All right, so Nick Carter from Backstreet Boys. Okay, great. So, so we're in LA. There's you, a big thing. So you're, yeah. you're in LA and you go in and you're, the goodie draw room is insane. Like, it's wild. It's, you know, you're given all these amazing treats. You're meeting all of these phenomenal people. It's part of, like, a big you know, TED event, so you're meeting just, you know, incredible people. Elon Musk. I mean... <laughs> I was you, joking. I'm going to say... That was a joke. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a... I a, would, though, I still would. <laughs> Please don't ruin this game Sorry. with Elon Musk. <laughs> um, although, um, uh, you know, but there's phenomenal people. Like, you know, Jennifer Aniston's there and she comes up and goes, I just love Brown Girls Do It Too. She's just, Imagine. like, obsessed with you. Yeah. You know, it's just the time of your life. You're having incredible times. Um, and you do your event. It's absolutely amazing. You have a book signing afterwards. Everyone gets a book. There are famous people coming up, uh, getting their books signed. You're having photo shoots. Um, someone's there from Vogue saying, we'd love to do a big spread of you. And we've got all these designers who want to dress you. It's just the most incredible time. You uh, go back to your hotel. You're staying at Chateau Maman, obviously. Obviously. Um, I'm sorry, I feel like I'm already stars. there. <laughs> um, this is why this game is so good. Yeah. And you are just feeling yourself. You yeah. are just, people are just like buzzing around you. People are bringing you, you know, cocktails. The places, they've put you up, the podcast festival's put you up, and it's anything you want, it's all taken care of. And you're sitting in that little garden part of Chateau Maman. I say that like I go the whole time I've been there once in my life. <laughs> um, and uh, you just see Phoebe Waller Bridge in the corner and you wave. She's like, I love you girls, I love you. She's, she's like, saying that to us. Yeah, yeah. Oh she's my God, I'm dying. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. She's over there with a the hot priest, you know. You're yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. You're having, <laughs> you, you have a little tete-a-tete -tete with them, yeah, yeah, you have yeah. a cocktail with them, then they've got to go off to have their photos taken, you've already had yours done, etc., etc. Yeah. Um, and you're sitting there and then you look over to the next table and you think, oh my God, is that Keanu Reeves? And then you look over to another table and you go... <laughs> It's not normally a double. I'm improvising madly here. You look over to another table and you go, is that Nick Carter from the Backstreet Boys? And they are both sitting alone. I mean, what are the chances? What are the chances? Nick would never sit alone. I feel... I, no, because the woman he was there with, who is his long-time wife, <laughs> they've had an argument, it's clear, and she's left. And you look over at him and he's like, want to join me? And you excuse yourself from Poppy and you go over and he goes, well, that's it. We've been beating a dead horse for a long time, but we've just decided that's fully it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Keanu comes over to your table to borrow a lighter. You say, I don't smoke, but I will with you. Okay. Keanu sits down at your table and you're with Nick. So we're going to leave you with Nick for a little while because he's got to get over the breakup. Keanu's single. Single, yeah. Single, ready, ready to mingle, yeah. Uh, Keanu says to you, I've been watching you for a while I'm dying. at this table. He's like, you really, I'm, this is, oh, I'm just going to put it out, you're just exactly my type. And I... My heart is actually beating right now. I, I don't mind telling you, I was at the festival today because my mate, um, I don't know if you know him, do you know, do you know, do you know a guy called Matt Damon? He, <laughs> he, he was a guest on a podcast about the movies and something like that and I went down to support and da 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 and I was there with Brad and Matt and George, and we were just having a great time. And I just saw you, and I, I'm so sorry to say I didn't know your work before, but I followed, I just thought, wherever she's going, I'm going. And I sat and watched your show, and I just thought you were absolutely remarkable. And um, 
I just, I, are you single by any chance? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and, um, and then you talk and you laugh and you find you've got a surprising amount in common with Keanu. And, uh, you know, you just, you really get down to it and you start having some deep conversations about life and philosophy and politics and you just really click and connect and you think, I always thought he was clever, but he really is super, super clever and... Um, you talk for a few hours and he buys you a lovely dinner and you know you have one cocktail leads to another and another and then he says, look, this is they're, they're shutting the restaurant and he goes, this is, I don't know what we're going to do now, they're shutting the bar, but I've actually got the big suite upstairs and <laughs> it's got a really, it's got its own sofa section, you know, like living room and it's yes, got I'll a beautiful bar. <laughs> uh, it's, got, it's got a mini bar up there and we can continue this up there and you look over and you see that these two have gone, so you're... <laughs> They've, they've left. She hasn't even waved. She's just gone. She's gone. She's gone. Oh, I think because she's doing it for 15 euro rubin, I get it. Yeah, they, they, you know, but also they, you know, he's suffering from his wife. So she, so you go up with Keanu. The suite is fucking incredible. It's the whole top floor of Chateau Maman. You, you get, it's one of those ones where you get out the lift and the lift doors open into the suite. And they're more turned on by that than anything. <laughs> And they get out, and in, you go into the living room, and it's like a, you know, incredible. It's like a flat. It's like a big apartment up there. There's champagne chilling and strawberries, and um, there's a jacuzzi. And you go, oh my god, I can't believe you. There's a jacuzzi out on a balcony. It's a breezy night. And he goes, oh, you're going to have a jacuzzi if you want. I mean, I never use the thing, but you know, why not? And you say, I don't have a bathing suit. And he says, oh, I mean, I don't. Don't worry, I, I don't have one either. <laughs> and he says, I promise not to look. Looking. Please look. And uh, he fills the jacuzzi up and you slowly take your clothes off. As you can just you see the stars twinkling. Yeah. You get in the jacuzzi, he brings the bottle of champagne in, tips a little into the water, makes you laugh. It's very sparkly. Yeah. Um, and then... He leans towards you and you lean toward him and his, <laughs> his mouth gets closer and closer to yours. So it's, it's like happening in slow motion. And then your mouths find each other and it is the most extraordinary kiss of your life. Every single nerve end is in your body is active. And you sit just kissing for what could be 45 minutes could be an hour and a half you don't know time is irrelevant to you now my mouth is so dry right now and do you want to you know. no I'm just going to keep on going and and then he says would you like to stay and you say yes yeah <laughs> and you get out of the jacuzzi he gets this bit, one of those big really fluffy white robes and puts it around you and you go well, I'll see you later <laughs> you go <laughs> You go over to the bed and into the bedroom area and there's this huge white kind of beautiful bed with this sort of crisp white linen and he pulls it back and you, you get into bed and you're making out and your breasts are up against his chest. And Whatever his I've got left of them, yeah. manly body is... Movie star manly, you know, like... I shouldn't probably say manly, I'm a feminist, but it's too late now. Um, he's got this movie star star body and you're, like, feeling his, his arms, you know, huge and he's just... It is. You just feel really kind of safe, but so turned on in his arms. And then he says to you, I, I, I really want to make love to you, but I, would you be, 
it's just a thing that I've got in order for me to get that. Would you be, would you be all right to pee on me? <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> he says that, I would really love that. And then you pee on him and then he goes, look, there's just one more. <laughs> would, would I be able to pee on you? Yeah. <laughs> and then he says, would I be able to pee on your face? Yes. <laughs> and then he says, I like to role play. Would you be up for putting on a uniform? What kind of uniform? And he goes and he says, I'm really into the LAPD prison thing. Would you put on a prison uniform and can I be a prison guard? Yeah. <laughs> and then he says... If you, if you want me to not have sex with him, he has to say, can I shit on you? And then I'm taking the well, bathrobe uh, and leaving. And then he says... <laughs> he says, OK, and so you put the uniform on, he puts the uniform on, and then he goes and opens a cupboard... And there's a monkey. And he says, he says, this is Bobo. Is it OK if he watches? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's beaten the system. He needs to be on the bed to watch. He likes to be up close. Yeah, fuck it. Sometimes he touches himself. <laughs> Definitely yes. Oh. Meanwhile, the backstreet boy and you are on the top, on the roof of the highest building in Los Angeles where he's taken you. And he has said, he's right at the point, you've been through all your foreplay, we can do your foreplay backstage because I feel you've been shortchanged. <laughs> um, you, you've done all the foreplay, it's just as you thought it would be. The other Backstreet Boys turned up to give you a small concert. <laughs> do you know, She'll do anything Gangbang now. is like my most exciting fantasy, so... <laughs> Me getting done by all five of the Backstreet Boys. Is that what you're suggesting? Because I could go there. Okay. In that case, all the Backstreet Boys stayed. <laughs> and they said, we're all really into you. But now you're on the highest... You're, you're, you're on the highest skyscraper in Los Angeles. And it's Nick, isn't it? Your Nick. one. Yeah. Nick. Nick, Howie, I love all of them. Okay. Nick says, would you put this harness on? Because I like to do it dangling over the side of high buildings. He's got, he said, I've got this real Mission Impossible fetish. And I want to do it in a harness, dangling off this building. Have I signed a risk assessment? <laughs> no, you can't, you can't do that. You've just got to trust him. I do. I trust him. <laughs> and then he says, do you know what really turns me on? Is if we take the safety harness off. And I'm wearing one, but just with my strong arms. And Howie holding onto your hands at the top. It's just, you're just held by the weight of Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Nothing else. And it's the highest skyscraper in LA. But he's going to do you well. 
Like, you are going to feel like, wow, like he's going to really... It's going to be the best sex of your life, but at any minute you could plummet to your death. Best sex of my life or the best way to die? (laughs) (laughs) And that's the game. (laughs) But do you see why you need all the foreplay? You You need all the circumstances to be right. You can't just go... If Robert Downey Jr. wanted to pee on you, because that's not sexy. It's it's all of the thing you think. Oh, I'm so invested now. Um, have you got any games you wanted me to play? Yes. So in our podcast, if any of you listen to it, and maybe you'll go off and listen to it, we play. We're, we're, so Poppy and I are really into like '90s. We're into the '90s. We're kids of the '90s. We also really like game shows. Any fans of game shows in the house? Right. So a lot of our podcast is kind of like a game show, and we play a game show game with our guests called. The Quick Five Fuck Game! <laughs> and we don't quite have a theme tune yet because, well, the producers don't really like that. They so. just, yeah. <laughs> so basically, after we've interviewed every guest on our podcast, we play a quick game with them. And it's just another, it's kind of like what you should do at the start of a podcast, like an icebreaker. Um, but we've already kind of maneuvered through the ice. This is kind of like. We're talking about really I don't, I don't know what minute, we're doing at the so. end. So we've made them feel so uncomfortable that at the end we just asked them more, more questions to make them feel uncomfortable. So <laughs> um, this is for you, yep. Deborah. Quick fire fuck game. Doggy or missionary? Doggy. Uh, <laughs> pubes or no pubes? I have very few pubes, just that little strip at the top. I like the, the, I like the clean feel, uh, probably because of the patriarchy, but I like it nonetheless. <laughs> I like to love the feel of a wax. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, yeah, so you've got like a little kind of Hitler on the top. <laughs> I don't like to think of it as Hitler. He's got a sideways Hitler, you know what I'm saying? Like, like of... she's got a landing strip. <laughs> uh, I've got a little landing strip. Landing strip. Nice, okay. Uh, lights on or lights off? Oh, well, lights on. Interesting. Why? Why? Well, I'm thinking of the kinky things, and then I'm thinking of the, uh, when I'm with women... Uh, it's just good to be able to see, yeah. you know, like it is arousing. It's extra, it can be extra arousing. I think if you've been with someone for a while. You sort of know your way around them. Well, also lights off is kind of hot because it's like, and now we can't see each other in the dark. But if you're with someone and new, I think it's more erotic and safer to have the lights on. Because, you know, you don't know what sudden moves they're going to make. Exactly. <laughs> and if they, ever try, if they ever try to miss the hole, you know yeah. how guys do that. Yeah, they like, like lift your legs and they're like, yeah. different hole. And you're like, no, the lights were on. Absolutely. You could see where you were going. Okay, and um, spit or swallow? Oh, spit. You're both spitters. Yeah, I can't swallow. Do you swallow? you never swallowed? I don't think I've ever swallowed, no. I no. mean, to be honest, what I find with blowjobs... Um, <laughs> I'm off the leash now. Uh, I thought I was going to find this hard. I'm finding this liberating. Is most men, uh, I should say, and other people with penises, but I, I haven't slept with anyone with a penis who isn't a man. And uh, I, uh, I find they want the blowjob part so that they don't want to finish on that. Mm. I, do, I don't find... Someone once said to me, I just think I'm bad at blowjobs because they never want to finish like that. They always then want to... Finish in you. Enter you. Yeah. Um, and I said, no, I think that's what men like. Either, either, either that or I'm also bad at blowjobs. I'm definitely not. I think... <laughs> I think I'm really good, but... I think it's a, it's a mix. Some guys like to finish themselves off because, like, the hand is always going to be, like, mm-hmm. the best thing. Some guys only can. Yeah, which is... So nice. I'm now recently single, quick side, uh, quick side, and I'm going out with 24 year olds and they literally just most of them just finish themselves off 
Is it something to do with porn, yes. porn that I find, and I, now, Gaber's friend tells me, and this is an important conversation I really hoped we were going to have. Yeah. I need to, I'm sorry, I know this is meant to be a quick fire round, but can we just, <laughs> never can, is. Can we just pause to say this? Because I just need to get, yeah, I need I to poll the audience. I find, I didn't have a lot of old sexual history, so I don't know, but what I find is a lot of men now, find it hard to get an erection or keep an erection. And when I said this to a best gay friend, he went, women always go, he couldn't get an up or he couldn't keep an up. He said, this is what I hear all the time. And they either go, well, either he's gay or he doesn't fancy me. And he said, when I have sex, he said, I have sex with men all the time. And he said, the penis is a funny thing. Sometimes we can get off, sometimes mm. we can't. Sometimes we can get up, sometimes it's me, sometimes it's them. He said, when you're a gay man, you don't, if they can't get it up or they can't keep it up, we don't go, oh, straight. Mm. He said, uh, and he said, we don't go, oh, it's me. He said, it's obviously not me. Yeah. <laughs> I have sex all the time with a variety of men and I'm hot as fuck. So we just think it's the penis, which is, I mean, to be honest, a mystical organ. Mm. If women traditionally, I know some women do have penises, but if traditionally women had penises, witchcraft. That's what they would have said. Yeah. Because it's an organ, it's a part of your body that moves without your permission. I know, it's so weird when it does that. That's how Stephen Hawking could have all that sex, right? When he was, I'm not going to finish. <laughs> <laughs> but it did, when it moves, I'm, uh, one guy, just, he just does it for tricks and I'm just like, ha, 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 Yeah, laughing. it's very strange. So, but I think, <laughs> but I said to my friend, I think though porn has maybe put more pressure on guys or they can only get it up if they're watching yes. porn. Or I've, I've actually said, someone said to me, offer to put some porn on for a man. And this man said, oh, no, a few men have said, I don't watch any porn anymore because I was addicted. And so I think porn has changed the relationship. But also in any kind of sexual encounter you have, it's in order to have penetration as a woman, there's very little you have to do apart from maybe have lube. You don't even have to be wet. You can just get some lube. But if you're the man in that mm. relationship, you have to get hard. And a lot of us put pressure on men. And like, I mean, I know I have done in the past where I'm like, oh, we just had sex. I came. You didn't come. I didn't didn't feel you come inside me. You didn't come anywhere. Bed sheets look pretty clean. Like, what's going on here? And you feel like that's like a, a slight on you. But actually, I, don't, like, I think with the way that we value sex, the way that we think it's got to be this contract with finishing, no, it's like the worst really way think to think terrible. about sex. Yeah. It's so bad because sex is just about us being intimate. Sex is about mm. like tops off, you know, just like touching each other. It can be just that intimate and it can be like one of us comes, both of us come, none of us come. It's not always about coming. Even though coming is great. Just come come by yourself. Do it to yourself. I mean, you can, that's the best way to do well, it. A friend of mine recently got into Tantra and she was telling me that she's completely taken off the, the just said, me coming or you coming is nothing to do with this. There's no pressure to, there's no pressure not to, but it's not the goal of this and it's not the end result of this. And she said it is revolutionised her sex life because it's taken the pressure and you know what it's like if you say well you don't have to or there's no imaginative she said at first the guy she was saying was like do you really mean that sort of thing you know and I think it takes a while to build that trust with somebody yeah it's not like it's an exam oh yeah it's an experience and that experience may sometimes the best part is just before the orgasm for me 100% the best thing for me about sex is uh when you're like clothes on just rubbing up against each other like when you're a teenager and you're like just you're kind of like making that weird bit like crotch Mm. in your jeans wear away because you're just rubbing so hard on each other but you like just can't have sex because you're a teenager that bit of foreplay is the best best bit of it all 
And so, like, if you, if you like, have a rule with your partner where you're like, we're not going to come, uh, and then they're like, well, you know, when do we know it's over? And it's like, it's never fucking over. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Right, um, we, were, we were talking about porn, uh, which brings us neatly to porn or no porn. No porn. Okay. Bit of light spanking porn, but nothing with sex, nothing with genitals. Interesting. Lube it up or natural juices? I, and it can be like a rather than I, a, like, juicy juice. I, if I'm turned on, I get very, very wet. Mm. Like, sometimes too wet. So I've never... I mean, I don't know, my body might change as I get older, but not We're at the moment. We're all quite wet. We're all people then... Yeah. Should be like the wet but sisters, you know? if you're... <laughs> I will consider that... Uh, girl band, carefully. Obviously. <laughs> um, uh, I just got asked to do Pick of the Week on Radio 4 that, this week, so I think I probably will give it a miss because I, <laughs> I like to do Mary Beard and her show. Um, <laughs> although I'm sure she'd be delightful in bed. She's got a great energy. Um, yeah, sure. uh, sorry, poor Mary Beard. She didn't ask for that. Uh, but if you are going in the back door... Oh, it's, 100%. I actually can... And, and again, speaking to gay friends about this, they're like, what the hell? You know, like, but I actually can go without, without lube, lube in the back but door. Yeah, I'm really... What about, like a popper or something? Is it just straight? No, I really love anal a lot. Like, I was so surprised the first time I did it. I was like, oh my God, this is a revelation. Why did nobody ever tell me? It's the greatest feeling in the world. I don't do it too often because, you know... Do you use butt plugs? I've never tried. Oh, shit, Really? Well, I'm also... What like, is it, though? What do you yeah, do? Yeah, it just, it just keeps you open. I'm, the, I'm not like a butt expert, by the way. I cash in once a month, every, once every two months. And I don't love it. It's consensual, but I'm like, the guy that I'm seeing fucking loves it. So I, he sticks a butt plug. Obviously, I have to have lube. Rimming, lube. Yeah, it's much better with it than you yeah, should. Yeah, I, I, I need you all really the should. juices, natural I really think otherwise. you should. Yeah. And then you, you stick it in there, and you can have it in for five so minutes. So what? You lube the... Area you, you, you and lube then your you, anus. Thank you. And then you lube. You, you can also lube the butt plug. It comes in. And then you sizes. put a plug. And you put a plug up your bum, and yeah. then you can have it for five minutes, ten minutes, an hour. And it just helps preset. It just presets like it, so it just makes yeah. it bigger. So when the when the penis goes in, it's not. But does the plug stay there when the penis goes in? No. <laughs> this is important Sorry. information. This is Sorry. why we ask the questions. Sorry, I should say. There's like a this. man at the front row going. Oh. Uh, not for so what? Me, so you but... take so sorry. You put the butt plug in. It's like when you preheat the oven. Yeah. Oh. You preheat the oven for ten but minutes. Then... You put in your jacket potato. So the penis is the jacket potato. The penis is the jacket potato. The butt plug is the, the preheating of the oven. But so you take the butt plug out and put the penis in, and then the hole is the, the hole larger. Is kind of, it's nice and warm. It. It's nice and warm. But is the butt plug itself fun? No. It's not fun for me, but you can get three different sizes. Small, medium and large. I think I start with small. Start with small and then you get a bit brave and you think you're a bit of a badass and they shove the big one and you're like, ow. But some people like it. I'm just, whatever, I'm, I'm neutral to it. I'll, I'll do it, but it, it doesn't... I just constantly feel like I need a shit all the time. But you like rimming. You know, oh, you I love She doesn't like the penetration bit, but she likes the kind of play around the area. And that's another thing. If you're just new to I the butt feel... area, I think, like, don't feel like you just need to do the penetration stuff. There's stuff that you can do around the area. I feel uncomfortable with someone... Would you, so you let someone lick you, you out? You wouldn't let someone lick your bum. It's, I mean, it's quite a lot, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, if it, if it is for you, then yeah. I mean, I would have to have done quite a lot of MDMA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I, I hear That's its own butt plug. <laughs> well, it's like... We have two left. We have two left. Hand job or foot job? What does foot job mean? Yeah, we didn't know either. Feet, but you, we... you, you give a hand job with your hands and you give a foot job with your feet. Ooh. <laughs> no, neither, so thank you. Neither. neither. Okay, last, do do last. it yourself. I mean, they're always better at doing the hand stuff and it's so boring. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just repetitive nonsense. It's like a factory job. <laughs> I've got no objection. It's just like a factory job, isn't it? It's just like every day, you know, you work in a biscuit factory, you have to do the same, you know. It's like you're milking cows constantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. do it. I'll watch. Will that help? (laughs) Um, And and the last one, well, there's a few more, but the last one is uh, give head or get head. Hmm. Are you a giver or a receiver? I think, honestly, like if the right, okay, give to a man, receive from a woman. Because women know what they're doing down there. And for men, what is it that they're doing down there? I don't... With, with a cis man... A, yeah. With a cis man... I don't know that they know what they're doing and they know they don't know what they're yeah. doing. And, yeah. Honestly, I... It's... It's OK. Do you ever tell them and guide them? I, what's the point? Like, it's... <laughs> I, there's other things I like and I'm not... I'm not that bothered, but... Uh, when women, in my experience, women and non-binary people are down there, uh, well, a non-binary person I slept with who had a vagina, uh, wow. Oh, my God. But I feel like we talk about it like it's a mysterious thing. It's not you, like, part the lips, you look for the clitoris. No, 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 they're doing things. No, no, they're doing things. (laughs) They're doing things that men have not invented yet, cis men have not invented yet. (laughs) There's like a little, um, su- like a suction technique. It's just there's techniques yeah. that are so sophisticated, <laughs> one would think they belong to alien worlds. <laughs> and just incredible things that are done down there. And then I think, oh, my God, am I going to be able to... I'm a novice, you know, I'm a very junior lesbian. And so I'm like going, oh, you know. Um, and, uh, I, I mean, the first time I did it, I... Honestly, I talked about this my show recently, but um, I didn't know what to do. And I, do you know all vaginas look different? I, <laughs> they're so surprising. Some of them look like we had goldfish. a cast of our fannies, and um, well, we did, like a, we did said, a cast. We did like a plaster cast of our vulvas. We did it as like a for the same person who wanted you to do the Spotify. <laughs> you are falling for this. Bob Spotify insisted. That's a lot of money. Then yeah. we had to do plasticine ones. <laughs> he insisted on doing it himself for his project. It's actually, uh, it's amazing. I recommend anyone, if you ever get asked yeah. to do it or want to do it, you should do it. But we both did it together. And like, they bring out these like, you know, plaster of Paris things. And they're like, these are your, these are your vulvas. This is what they look like. And it's amazing. Because, yeah. you know, like, we all like, yeah, yeah, I look at mine in the mirror. Like, yeah, 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 I like totally on my nose. I'm a when busy really woman. I'm hardly ever down there. <laughs> we went to this uh, artist studio in uh, Brighton. And, you know, they talk about uh, diversity. There's such a thing as vulva diversity. And she had all these um, vulva casts on her wall. Big lips. And it was incredible. Like, so many different vaginas. Of course, the Mm. first thing we did was, oh, my God, yours is skinnier than mine. Yeah, we did. But then we were like, but our vaginas... Mine was actually skinnier. (laughs) I I have no sense of what my vagina looks like against other women's and and people with vaginas until, like, I started to... Because I didn't watch porn and I don't really know. And I find it very odd. Someone was... Laura Bates was telling me the other day and Leila Hussain were telling me on a thing that I did that... Um, the most, I think it's like the second most common plastic surgery now. Mm, the is, and I'm like, mm. 
it's we need to celebrate a diversity of labia majora. Um, not what I thought I was going to be saying. Um, I've just been told by the wonderful Ruth that we need to get the fuck out because the next podcast needs to get the fuck in. Uh, we did start a little late, uh, so they've given us a tiny little leeway, um, but uh, that leeway would have been better if we'd had a butt plug. Now, <laughs> all right, uh, be- will BBC Sounds let you do this again? Yeah. Will this, is this allowed to go on the BBC Sounds oh, feed? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, is this allowed to go out on the BBC feed? <laughs> <laughs> but not because of the content, right? Just because of the BBC thing of you can't charge people to come in and then yeah. put it on BBC. Yeah. The BBC got so many rules that make so many rules. podcasting tricky. But everyone here should listen to Brown Girls Do It Too. It's on BBC Sounds uh, or wherever you get your podcasts, I think. Um, go and check it out. It is fantastic. There's lots of back, back um, catalogue. Can I also quickly plug, we are um, uh, doing a live show of the podcast. It's not just a podcast. We are acting and singing and we're doing sketches. We're being clowns. It's goodness gracious me on acid, basically. <laughs> anyway, That's exactly what it is. Show. And we are um, in Soho on Tuesday the 18th. Also Birmingham, Leicester. Like, we're all around we're the country. Check Brown us out. Do it com. <laughs> okay. Go see that live. Um... And if we did another live crossover episode where Tom wasn't allowed, would you come back? Yeah. Great, okay. So maybe we'll do another live one here at King's Place. Yeah, we'd love that. Yeah, absolutely. Can we continue the Nick Carter, Keanu Reeves whole thing? <laughs> what's, what's Bobo the monkey doing next? <laughs> That's, listen, Bobo is a very happy monkey and feel free to play that game at home. Uh, it's, uh, it's basically just called uh, the, if the fantasy game and uh, you can play it wherever you are, but especially good in a car. Oh, thanks for coming. It's so good yeah. to see you guys. Thanks for having us. Thank you. You have been listening to Brown Guilty Feminists Do It Too with me, Deborah Francis White, Rabina Pavani, and Poppy Jane. The recording engineer was Francis Desimbra. Music was by Mark Hodge. The producer was Tom Sadinsky for the Spontaneity Shop, although he will not be allowed to listen to this. Thanks to Zoe, Sally, and everyone at King's Place, as well as all of you for listening. For more information about this month's episodes, visit guiltyfeminist.com. Very well done, but uniquely, you stayed at the climax. <laughs> Very much. You multiple orgasms, is yeah, what I had there. Someone just comes really quickly and it's like, okay. Granted, Would we be able to do that again? <laughs> For the recording or just because you enjoyed it so much? I just, it was... I just love interrupting. Yeah. Okay. Um, sorry, no, I just love interrupting. The Guilty Feminist is provided exclusively from Acast. Find it wherever you get your podcasts.